0: Welcome to St. Corey Christian Center and our most recent podcast as we go through the book of Ephesians, chapter by chapter and verse by verse, as we learn what it means to be equipped. God bless you and have a wonderful day. Ephesians chapter 6. I'm going to be working. I've really been praying about this for a little while. And um, I've really um, been really, uh, I don't know, stirred, led, convicted to... uh, I got to this word faith, above all, putting on the shield of faith in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16. This doesn't happen to me often, but sometimes I'll get to a word or a theme that is a fundamental of our faith, and the Holy Spirit will say, "Just, just go to that hitching post until I give you a release. I remember one time Pastor McKean told me he was in Geary, and The church hadn't seen a whole lot of God moving. They saw a lot of church going on, but not a lot of God moving for quite some time. And the Holy Spirit directed him in the fall of that year that he went to that church to preach on faith and revival until he saw faith and revival. And he did every week. He got up and he preached faith and revival. Well, a revival broke out in Gary. A major revival broke out in Gary. He baptized hundreds of people. And there's families up that still go to that church to this very day because of a result of the revival. I believe that we stay with the word and we stay with the spirit. Amen. So let's go to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16. And it says, above all, let's say it together, above all. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to, everybody say, I am able to, quench all, everybody say, all the fiery darts of the wicked one. You take up the shield, and I am able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. That's forever settled in heaven. Speak to our hearts today. Hide us behind Calvary's cross, Father. They would not hear me, but hear only you today. And Father, challenge us, convict us, and move us. So we give you praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said, if I was to put a title on this, it would be simply titled, Faith Moves. Faith Moves. Do you believe today that faith is a verb? Faith is not something that sits around and collects dust. Faith without works is dead. You ever been to dead church? Me too. I like lively church because our faith is alive. Amen. We are on the move. Amen. I like hanging out with folks that have a little hustle in their belly. A little fire in their belly, eh? That's right. And uh, Bonnie gets laughing at me. She looks at me. She said, do you ever sleep? (laughs) Well, I don't need a whole lot of sleep, but there's a lot of hustle and so I just was raised that way, and I was geared that way. And I don't know, it's just, I'm not saying you have to be that way, but that's my DNA. There's just, I like a lot of hustle. And I realize if everybody is me, like me, it'd be like you're hanging out with a pack of squirrels all day. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a hustler. I don't know. When I was working on the farm, there's no time to sit and wonder about this, wonder about that. You just get her done. <laughs> but we need to make sure that our faith has a move. Amen. We need to make sure like I played a lot of basketball in in high school and I played a little hockey, too, and more competitive basketball and sort of leisure hockey. But I was taught in basketball as well as in hockey that your feet need to be always moving. The guy that was losing the game, chances are his feet wasn't moving. They would actually tape our feet and how many steps that we would take when we played a game. And sure enough, if I made a lot of errors in that game as chances are, is because my feet was not moving. And one thing I learned in sports was this is what when I made strategic moves is when I usually won the shift or won the period or won the game. When we are on the move, whether it be at life or whether it be at sports or whether it be at work or with God, we win. Amen? That's why Paul said, take up. That's a verb. That's an activity. That's an action I will take up. You say, well, I don't feel like it today. It's not a feel like, it's a faith it. Amen? And I need to have a faith move. You say, well, I'm a churchgoer. That doesn't mean you have a faith move. There's a lot of people going to church. Even the Bible says that there's a form of godliness, but you can deny the power thereof. I can show up to church, I can look pretty, I can have all the walk and all the talk, I can do everything that looks to be Christian, but if I don't have that shield of faith, the devil does not care, he will go after your mind and after your heart. Amen? So I will take up that shield of faith that will, once i got the faith in front of me, it will quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. So, our faith needs a move. So, let me break it down for you. Number one this morning, I would say this. We all have faith. Romans 12 and 2 and 3. Do not be conformed to this world. That's a series all unto itself. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove that what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I will not be conformed to this world. Jesus said it like this. You cannot serve God and Mammon at the same time. And so I can't be conformed to this world. Now, I'm not talking about the clothes of this world. I'm not talking about things like that. What I'm talking about is the narrative and the thought processes of this earth are not the same as the kingdom. Ted referred to it a few moments ago. We had a challenge thrown our way. We could have easily shut the door, walked away, and said, Oh, us, poor us, poor church, we'll just shut her down till this goes away. The Holy Spirit quickly reminded, This ain't going away. So you better figure it out and you better find opportunities and you better find ways to get it done because the narrative of this earth, remember, the enemy does what? To come to seek and to kill and destroy. But Jesus Christ is on the scene to what? Give life and to give it more abundantly. And I don't care for what season we're in, he's in the life business. Amen? So I will not be conformed to this earth. I will not be conformed to the narrative and the thought processes of this earth. I know from whence the spirit runs this thing. The spirit told us way back in scripture that the spirit of the antichrist is trying to have his way on the earth. We realize that and we know that. Therefore, if I'm going to get through what we're going through right now, my mind and my thinking must be transformed. What makes somebody that right now in Afghanistan, if you're a Christian, and thank God we're not in Afghanistan, but my prayers are to those dear people. But if you're a pastor or a leader or a Christ follower in Afghanistan, currently you're being hunted down right now. What keeps their faith? What keeps them moving forward? What believes they're going to be evacuated or saved? They have a transformed mind. We can sit here in our cozy-cozy all day long here in New Brunswick, Canada, and we almost forget about it because it hasn't been on the news a whole lot. But I'm telling you, bad stuff is going on on the earth, and what keeps people moving forward is I've got a renewed mind. For I say, Paul said, through grace given to me, to everyone who is among you. Boys, he spoke bold, didn't he? Not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. Have you ever been around someone they got a real high opinion of themselves? They're a legend in their own mind. But to think soberly. That means humbly. As God has dealt to each one. Everybody say e- each one. That means me. Me that means you, has a measure of faith. That's why I can confidently say, when we talk about faith moves, we all have faith. Amen? So someone says, I don't have no faith. I don't have no faith. That's not your call. That's God's. So, ah, poor me. I got no faith. I lost it. I lost it 30 years ago. To heard a church story. It's still there. Even the atheist has Faith. God said he put eternity in their heart. And what we do with that faith and how we respond with that faith is our responsibility. So if I'm playing basketball and I'm playing center, it's my responsibility to be there, not be playing defense or somewhere else. I'm supposed to be right there. It's my responsibility. Someone put me on the team. But it's my responsibility to play the shift. You with me? If I'm playing hockey and and I get put on a team and they say, you're going to play the blue line left wing, that's where my spot is. That's where I'll play. I'm not center. I'm not goalie. Could you imagine playing hockey and the coach put you on left wing and you get up and say, I'm going to show him I'm going to be the goalie? Now, that's foolish talk. Now, that probably happens once in a while at the Toronto Maple Leafs. I don't know. I can see that because I'm a Maple Leaf fan and we all love golf. <laughs> <laughs> and that sounds very goofy on a natural scene, but you know what? God says, I want you there. And your flesh says, No, sir, I'm playing goalie. Holy Spirit says, Go there. No, sir, I'm doing my own thing. It's the way we've done it for 30 years. Holy Spirit says, Go to Overcomers. Help Sunday school. Help with the picnic today. Work with youth. Go with the student. No, sir, I'm not doing that. I'm shy. We do it all the time. But I'm telling you something right now. Everyone has faith. Everyone has faith. He's given us that measure of faith. He's given us that measure of faith. Amen. And God will work that faith, and he'll grow that faith, and he'll increase that faith. How, how do we do that? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen? You want to grow that measure of faith? Because you got no choice, honey. If you're online or in person today, you have faith. And all you got to do is grow that, is just put the word of God inside of that. Now, Bonnie does some baking. I know nothing about baking. And at camp, I notice they, they feed the kids really unhealthy things before they go to bed. Fried dough. Okay, you're you're all excited. You all want a fried dough event some night real soon. And so they put all this stuff in a bowl and make dough. But then they'd have to put the heat to it to make it grow. Now, to me, it looks like nothing. It's just this blob of blob. And it's sitting in this bowl, and I'm like, how are you going to do anything with that? Well, I'm going to put that by the oven. I'm going to turn it on 250 degrees, and they'll. <laughs> the Holy Spirit says, "You know what? You may feel like you're a blah blah blub. That I'm no good for this. I'm no good for that. I'm useless." And God says, "I'll put the Holy Spirit to that. You'll see that grow, and you and that little bowl of dough that's no bigger than nothing fed 40, 50, 60 kids." You say, well, what's that got to do with anything? When the Holy Spirit gets involved in what looks like nothing, when, when it just looks like almost useless, like gross, like who would eat that junk? But my, 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 the heat gets to that and it grows and up it goes, up over the bowl. And then you pick some out and put that in the grease fryer thingy. And then it comes out as fried dough and put it on molasses and sugar and syrup on that. Lord, mercy, it's good. And that, <laughs> that little bowl of dough fed so many. It's like, how does that make sense? And I got thinking about that the day she was making that. And I said, Lord, isn't that just like us? We feel useless. We feel almost like we're not good enough. Like, that's not even attractive. That looks gross. It's sticky. It's gooey. It's ugh. We all feel like that by times in our faith and our journey. We we may be messed up, gone our wrong way, gone astray, feel useless, feel blah. But then the Holy Spirit, through the power of the word, gets inside of us and growing. And resurrection gets working on the inside of us. We get praising and glorifying God. Next thing you know, that little bowl that looked like nothing now begins to get affected. And we begin to blossom and grow and flourish. And now we're good for the whole family. Amen. He'll even take you and make you sweeter than honey. Amen. Amen. You say, well, I'm bitter. God will make you better. Amen. He'll take that old dough that feels like nothing. He'll put you through the greaser. The oil of the Holy Spirit. Amen. He'll put some sweetness on you, the fruit of the Spirit. And he'll he'll put you in a position of faith that people will want you. There was nobody lining up for that old bowl of dough at five o'clock in the afternoon when she was putting it all together. But come when that bell rang at nine thirty p.m. at night, there was a lineup at the door because those kids knew they were getting fried dough. God's working on you in the kitchen. So nobody wants me. I'm no good for nothing. But when that bell rings and he calls your name and he gets you ready and he gets you right, there will be a line up saying, you know what? I hear you've got good news. I hear you've got a healer. I hear you've got a way maker. I hear you've got a provider. Yes, I do. His name is Jesus. I'm telling somebody, everybody has faith. Everybody has faith. Trying to pick my time here this morning, I may have to jump this into a few weeks, by the looks of things. I'll say this to you this morning: that I follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, we all have mountains. I want to give this to you, Matthew 17, verse 15 to 20. Lord, have mercy on my son, for he's an epileptic. He suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples because they couldn't cure him. Have you ever prayed for somebody and it just didn't work out? Then Jesus' answer said, oh, faithless and perverse generation. Could you imagine if you came to me and said, Joe, I've been praying for someone all week. I've been praying for two years, and the answer isn't coming. And I look at you and say, oh, faithless and perverse generation. How long do I got to put up with you? <laughs> Bring them here. That's what Jesus said. Bring them here. What did Jesus do? Jesus rebuked the demon. See, here's what happens a lot of times. The reason we don't get a victory, we spend too much time on the symptoms and not the cause. Everybody has mountains. And so, Jesus rebuked the demon. And it came out of him and the child was cured that very hour. We spend too much time on the tangible and not enough time on the supernatural. And the faith is begging to make a move in the supernatural realm. He knows about the five loaves and two fishes and we spend so much time worrying about the five loaves and two fishes. We spend so much time about this chaotic boy who has fits and spells and we wonder how we going to get him fixed. And then finally Jesus speaks to the demonic force that's ruling his mind and his thoughts and his heart and he rebukes him and he's free this very hour. And then finally. The disciples were blown away and said to Jesus privately, they probably felt a little bit foolish, a little bit awkward, maybe even a bit embarrassed. Why could we not do that? Jesus said, because of your unbelief. Ooh, what you mean? I dropped my nets. I followed you. I chased you all over God's countryside. I did this. I did that. I've done something else. I've learned from you. We even call you rabbi. And you're telling me, Jesus, you're unbelief. Proof's in the pudding, honey. But this is how simple Jesus made it. For as surely as I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to the mountain, move from here to there, and it will move and nothing will be impossible to you. We all have mountains, but here's the challenge: we talk about the mountain more than we do to the mountain. We don't even know the boy's name. We don't even know mama's name, but we know there was a demonic force, and he called by name and said, "Get out." A lot of times, we spend so much time and energy focused on the responses and the product of an event. We don't focus on the event. A lot of us are focused on what's going on on the earth right now. And I'm, as I am to tell you, as black and white as I can get it, there's demonic forces leased and loosed on this earth right now in a fervent way. And it is division and disunity and chaos at every level. But I'm telling you, through the church and the word of the living God, That God is greater than the chaos and the nonsense that is let loose on this earth today. It bears repeating, and I said it last week, but I'll say it again this week. How is it that we could go from chaos and mountain after mountain after mountain, fear after fear after fear, and someone said, this will blow over. I've got news for you. It's not blowing over because Jesus is fixing to come back. Amen? But I say to you, this mountain shall be removed and cast into the sea. And God will make a way where it seems there is no way. And we need faith moves in the church. I don't know where your faith is today. I don't know what your faith is in today. The Bible says it like this. Some trust in chariots and some trust in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. In other words, if your faith is in a system, if your faith is in a government, if your faith is in some process or some program, I promise you that will fail you. I know I'm not getting a lot of amens, but it will. It will let you down. What is designed by man will be corrupted by man and will fall by man. But what is designed by God and erected by God and lifted up by God and sustained by God will eternally stand strong. Amen? So we, the church, we need to make up our mind that our faith is not just pushing us to church, but our faith is active. Our faith is active. So we've all got a choice. So Joan, and I, I feel it in the room. I felt it all week. Just like, could we get a break? You ever feel that way? Can We just get a break? I got that a lot this week. Got it from several funeral home directors. Will there ever be a break? I said, no, there won't be. One guy said, boy, you're Job's comforter. (laughs) They said, how do you know this? As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of Son of Man. hell has cranked it up. It is stirred because it knows its time is so short. But the church right now has the best opportunity that we have ever had this side of Calvary to do something. How do you know? When we announced overcomers, the phones began to ring. The emails came in, I want to get involved. In the book that that we'll be using as a guide, as a teaching guide, it lists some 26 to 30 different addictions from cocaine to sugar to even control and jealousy. People, I know you've been through a lot the last little while. I get it. And I know that we're looking for a break. I know we're looking for it to go back to the way it was a few months ago. I wish I could stand and say that's going to be the case, but I know I'm lying to you. But all I can tell you is this is that if there's ever a day that faith must arise in the heart of the believer, if boldness ever needs to arise in the heart of a believer, it's now. understanding was in the area of Rome looking at a people that were pushed and prodded but he said guys don't get your eyes off the ball but keep it on the prize and he said in 1 Corinthians 15 to 58 therefore my beloved brothers be steadfast immovable always abounding in the work of the Lord knowing that in the Lord your labor is never in vain I know it's tough. I know it's frustrating. I know it's like pulling your hair out. Will you ever get it right? I get it all, but faces, faces, you know what? I understand this, but I'm telling you right now, I am steadfast. I am immovable. Nothing's going to shake my faith. Nothing. So I got a question and a challenge for you today. What's your faith move? It comes in two parts. Does your faith move you? And will you move with your faith? Does God move you more than the narrative of this earth? It's a straight, clear question. What gets you more stirred up? The latest newscast or when you read the word of the living God? you up more and your passions up more. What's going on on the earth? God's saying, you know what? You may face the fire furnace but I'm telling you right now, when you get to the other side, not even the smell of smoke is going to be on you. You may face a giant or two, but don't you worry. I'll get the stone in the right spot and it will knock the giant down. Don't worry about it. You say, well, will truth ever be revealed? God says this, I will shake everything that must be shaken. I'll move everything that needs to be moved never forget his hand is on the church. God's heart and God's move and the faith of God is this, is that none should perish but all would come to repentance. What would happen, what would happen if all of our major world leaders turned to the Lord Jesus Christ? impossible nothing's impossible nothing's impossible could you imagine you realize right now the UN headquarters has a prayer room in it the UN headquarters has a prayer room in it right now there are people there in that prayer room praying don't get that stuff on the news but it's the truth there's a guy by the name of Lee Stone King has addressed that congregation or group a number of times and has spoke truth into their heart. It's there. You can find it on YouTube. The word of truth has been spoken these world leaders, and once that seed gets into them, it will mess with these people. I'm getting funny looks, but I'm telling you the gospel truth. What I'm saying is, it's time to unleash our faith. It's time for the church to make a move. I'm still standing here convinced we are still the most powerful force on the earth. Amen. We are still the most united, the most believing. We are the only force on the earth that can do things like raise people from the dead, heal bodies, and give people hope. They go to the government. They go to all these different um, attributes. They go to all these different agencies looking for help. But then a little church down the road starts up Overcomers, and our phone rings saying, hey, we want to be part of that. Why? When we start making faith moves, and we start playing the play, and if you watched any hockey team, you just gotta turn on the tube or show up to the arena. You know when they're playing their position. You know they're gonna win that game by the confidence when the puck gets the stick. By them playing their position, whether it's offense or defense, you know they're on their game. And man, they're gonna win this game. But we've all seen the sloppy plays too, haven't we? And they, man, oh man, they, they, I don't think they even know they got skates on. I think they forgot to take the blades off their skates. I think they forgot to tie the skates. We've all been there god's saying now it's time to find your position everyone has faith find your play and play it hard and until i tell you to switch gears stay where you're at focus on what you're doing do it well do it hard paul said it this way be steadfast be immovable don't leave the game always abounding abounding means amount abounding means work hard if you're there for eight hours put it in like you're there for 16 your labor for the Lord is never in vain I'm going to make a faith move as we all stand together this morning I want the Holy Spirit to challenge us with his word and through the power of the Holy Spirit I don't want our faith sitting in there we could have left that, or I should say Barney. could have left that little old bowl dough just sitting there looking at that, saying, What are we going to do with that? I don't know. What are we going to do with that? I don't know. No, no, we're going to do something about that. We're going to put that by the heat. we got 60 kids to feed, and they're showing up here at 930. we best be ready. We could look at it and say, Oh God, what are you going to do with this earth? What are you going to do with this? What are you going to do with that? jesus why won't i my and nothing happens don't be shocked if jesus looks back at you and says it's your unbelief you believe more in your religious systems and your sunday more programs than you do the power of the supernatural if the holy spirit says that till you take it as a compliment So He believes enough in me that the supernatural is going to flow through me and grow through me. And I'm going to lay hands on the sick and they're going to recover. I'm going to pray over my local leaders in this election that's going over Canada right now. And God's going to visit them in visions and dreams. And angels are going to show up knocking on their door. And he's going to wake them up. And he's going to turn their paths to righteous paths. That's what God's going to do in this Canadian election right now. That's the boldness right now, that the church of the living God, we can stand up there by that coffee shop and yank to the cows, come home. But it's time for the church to be bold and pray over the Williamsons and over the MLAs and the MPs and the cabinet members and the prime ministers of this nation and say, God, do something. Why? Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Thanks for tuning into our podcast today. We pray that you've been equipped and encouraged. Continue to follow us on sccc.online and there will be resources and tools available to you. And reach out to us at any time if we can help. Have an amazing day.